live from the District of Columbia. You are listening to the Black Fundraisers Podcast, a weekly podcast that celebrates, inspires, and equips black fundraisers to excel and positively impact black communities with your host, Kia Kroon. Good day, good people. Welcome to the Black Fundraisers Podcast. I am Kia Kroon, your favorite fundraiser colleague and the founder and host of the Black Fundraisers Podcast, your weekly podcast that celebrates, inspires, and equips Black fundraisers to positively impact Black communities. As always, good people, I want to thank you for listening and invite you to connect with me and learn more about my work at www.kiacroom, that's amazonman.com. Check me out online to see what a sister has been up to in the fundraising and philanthropy world. Y'all, so much going on. And before I get into today's episode, I just want to encourage you out there, good people listening across America, please, please, please rock the vote next week. Vote your conscience because right now the stakes are high and there are so many critical contests going on across the states. So make sure you get out and rock the vote. All right. Lastly, good people, I'd be remiss not to talk about two of my most recent concert experiences. I spent a little bit of time in Vegas and I got to check out the queen of hip hop soul herself, Miss MJB, Mary J. Blige, for those who don't know. And I don't know where you got to be living at to not know about her. But anywho, I was able to check her out in Vegas, her latest tour, the Good Morning Gorgeous tour, and it was fire. She's coming for Beyonce. She's come. I mean, Mary is looking fierce and is coming for us all. And because I'm such a huge fan of Usher, (laughs) or as most people call him, Usher, of course, I had to stay back a few days in Vegas to check out his residency. I mean, duh, why wouldn't I? And let's just say it was money well spent. I enjoyed it. As usual, I had excellent seats, spent a pretty penny. And I'm here to tell you, Usher don't have to worry about me no more. He ain't got to ever worry about me spending that kind of money to see him again. But I will say he did not disappoint. It was an incredible show. So if you get an opportunity, it's worth it. Check him out. So, y'all, enough about all that. I want to get into today's episode. Today, my special guest is David Schwab, Director of Growth Marketing at Fundraise. He has stopped by the Black Fundraisers podcast with a few tech tips to stuff our stockings with, as well as Fundraisers Giving Tuesday Toolkit, which you will get tremendous value out of. You can count on me to share it in the show notes, along with his contact information in case you want to tap in with him. He is a former fundraiser, so he knows all the things, right, and has a wealth of knowledge and resources that we can tap. So, good people, without further ado, 
Please stand by as I bring David Schwab to the Black Fundraisers Podcast Virtual Stage. All right. Good morning, Mr. David Schwab. How are you? And welcome to the Black Fundraisers Podcast. Kia, thank you for having me. I am doing well, and I am so excited to be here today. Excited to have you. So, David, I would love for you to tell the good people listening a little about Fundraise and why you thought it was important to join me this morning. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. So Fundraise is, uh, at its core, a digital fundraising platform. Taking all the jargon out of that term, anywhere a nonprofit organization can take a gift or ask for a gift online, the Fundraise platform can help facilitate that process. But more than that, and what I always like to drive home about Fundraise. So if you don't remember anything else about Fundraise, please remember this. Fundraise is a fundraising platform that was built by fundraising people specifically for fundraising people. All three of our founders came from a nonprofit. Um, they built the platform. They built the tool because nothing on the market did what they needed to do to push the bounds of digital fundraising. That's where we came from. And that's our fierce commitment is to do everything, every decision we make as an organization is to benefit the nonprofit community. And why I'm here today, Kia, it's no doubt that there is inequity in our space. We'd be foolish to ignore that. And one of the commitments uh, we have at Fundraise is to bridge the gap of inequity. And so taking time like this is just a little thing that I can do to, to help bring tools, hopefully some information and hopefully some some new ideas to your audience and to typically under under resourced leaders. David, I'm really glad that you shared that because I like for the good people listening to know where their allies are and the lack of access to resource, the lack of access to information I've been affected personally by that throughout my now 21-year career. And as have many of the good people listening, many of the women of color that are listening, many of the Black women, the brothers that are listening, you don't necessarily know, you don't know what you don't know, right? So I started this podcast and curating these episodes and discussions to bridge that gap, right? To ensure that these wonderful fundraisers, Black fundraisers, fundraisers of color have access to information that they just simply hadn't been provided with or audiences didn't, for a variety of reasons, think so much about how to reach us. So thank you for joining me and helping to bridge that gap this morning. I think that that's important to lift that up. Well, thank you for having me again. I'm going to do what I can to be a small resource. And Kia, you, you mentioned the word ally as much as I can be. Uh, I know I, I sit in a position of privilege, can't deny that, but I want to be a resource to you, to your listeners, to this community. So for anyone listening, if you take nothing else away or get some questions or some thoughts, please feel free to reach out to me directly. I'll make sure Kia has my contact info in the show notes, but also you can reach me 
david at fundraise.org. I'll also make sure my cell phone is in the show notes. Just feel free to text me or call me. I want to be a resource where I can. We appreciate that. So David, there are so many ways that organizations and listeners across the world can use fundraise to meet and exceed their fundraising goals. I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So before I joined Fundraise, I was a digital fundraiser consultant. So I worked with organizations like yours and like your listeners to help create digital fundraising channels and and campaigns. And one of the most difficult things that I saw as a consultant coming from the for-profit sector back into the nonprofit sector was the lack of integration between platforms and channels. So simple things like brand color, logos, typeface, a consistent voice, organizations struggled to have a consistent approach and a consistent way to engage with donors and prospects because every single platform had to have its own tool. What's great about Fundraise is our platform can sit across all different fundraising platforms where a donor can engage with you online, whether it's your website, a hosted donation page, through social fundraising on platforms like Instagram, Facebook, even some live streaming. We've started to dabble in that. So if you have an audience in the gaming community and wanted to run a Twitch live stream, we have a single platform that sits across all of that environment. So you can have a co- consistent brand, a consistent message, and a consistent impression and way to engage with your donors wherever and whenever they're ready to engage with you. And that, I think, is the, the piece that's so unique and so important to succeed in digital fundraising. The ability to do things like a live streaming. And as we're talking, I'm reminded of an organization I had the privilege of working with that has like incredible gaming content, right? And how this could benefit, you know, their storytelling and their reach, right? This is really, really critical, David, because that tech stack that we as nonprofits struggle to build and to keep up with the latest and greatest, like any opportunity to kind of integrate for somebody like myself is a win, right? Not just for convenience, but you're absolutely right for that unity and voice, right? Absolutely. I mean, you your listeners, leaders, you work so hard to build your brand, so hard to reach people, so hard to motivate people to lean in with you. The last thing you want is that that point of conversion, point of making a gift to be a bad experience or disconnect from your brand or not connect based on where someone engaged with you the first time. So it is critical, like you're saying, Kia, to have that integration. It's also critical on the back end to have have integrations with donor management, with marketing automation, with with other things in your tech stack. The nonprofit technology sector has come a long way, but that's been one of the most difficult things to navigate as a fundraiser is just trying to have one platform speak to another. It's why I got back. It's why I chose to come into fundraising tech. It frustrated the crap out of me as a consultant, (laughs) knowing how things can and should work and seeing how they do work. So at Fundraise, we're fiercely committed to making things work better and easier for fundraisers because everything we can do on our end to create an integration, to save a a manual minute, makes fundraisers and frontline leaders more effective and gives them more room to do what they actually are part of their organization to do, change the world. 
Tell me about it. So I just want to double down. So for an organization that's like, okay, I want something that's fully integratable, right? Across my social platforms that integrates with my newsletter for my e-blast, email marketing campaigns. What else am I leaving out here? Fundraise is something to consider, to seriously mm-hmm. consider, I would say. I'm going to first talk about fundraise for a minute, and then I'll talk about the broader the broader ecosystem. What I love about fundraise and why I chose to come here is we have a platform that can power any nonprofit organization at any stage. So whether you just incorporated and are trying to figure out how to get your first gift or you're a massive international relief organization and you're raising millions of dollars a month, our platform has the ability to fuel fundraising and help you grow regardless of where you're at in your journey. Now, when I'm thinking about integrated tech stack, there are really three big channels that organizations need to have to to check to be able to do this the right way. The first is CRM. Um, So backend customer donor relationship management technology. There are so many fantastic platforms on the market. Fundraise has one. It's good, but it's not our, it's not our core technology. So what we've done is we've built integration. So if you're just getting started with Fundraise, you've got a great CRM. Or if you're more established, we've got integrations with other great CRMs like BlackBot or Salesforce. And we're working on other ones as we speak. I wish I could talk about them right now because I'm really excited about them. So it's CRM, donor management. As a fundraiser, if you can get donor relationship management right, everything else will fall into place. Hey. Then it's marketing automation and marketing communication. So once you have your CRM in place and your donor relationship and your donor information in place, then it's time to talk to donors, talk to prospects, talk to supporters. Um, so that's email marketing, whether that's MailChimp or HubSpot or the uh, dozens of other other platforms that are available. And for some organizations, it's social media, it's advertising. Um, there's that. So it's really the the content distribution stack. Most most good content distribution technologies will allow you to at least check two or three boxes, email, marketing automation, digital advertising. Um, Some even let you distribute social content without having to go into each platform. So um, that's the second, the second vertical. Like if you can check, like check that box, because once you have your relationships with your donors, then you want to talk to and engage your donors. Then finally, then finally, it's the the conversion and fundraising platform. It's so critical. And it's unfortunately often the last thought. You've built a great relationship with your donors. You've created an engaging message, engaging content. So you've built a relationship, you've motivated action. And then the last thing that a donor engages with is a really crappy experience. You got to fill out 15 (laughs) fields. You've got to, you've got to tell them what you ate for lunch last Tuesday before you can even get to the point where you can put your credit card (laughs) in and choose how much you want to get. Right. And so that's where fundraise really plays is that point of making a gift. And we've been fiercely committed to making that the best experience possible, both for the donor, but also the organization using the platform. How do we make it super simple, plug and play for any organization who's like, they may be cracking a laptop for the first time ever, you can use our technology. Or you may have a full development staff on team and you can turn this into the coolest thing you've ever seen. That's what fundraise does. That's where we play. That's where our bread and butter is. And I think it's so critical because if you if you think about the for-profit sector, if you ask any for-profit marketer, which is the equivalent of a fundraiser, what is most important on your radar 
what is the most important thing you can get right? They say the point of conversion, right? If you can make your point of conversion better, you can spend no more money. If you can increase conversions 1%, right? You spend no more money, you have 1% more revenue. If you can increase it 10%, 20%, I guarantee you every nonprofit listening can probably find 5 to 10% to increase just at that point of conversion. Think about that would do for bottom line and fueling your growth. No, you listen, I want to shout right now because you're absolutely (laughs) right. That conversion piece, that donor experience is critical. I've had donors to email and say, listen, you better be lucky. I love you all. And what should you do? You know, I got an email from one friend. It kind of rubbed me a little bit talking about you people make it so hard to give the gift (laughs) to you. And I'm looking like, okay, I couldn't get past you people for a minute. Because when you telling a black person, you know, you people, Uh it was like, okay, but you know what? I felt him though, right? He's yeah. like, you better be glad I love y'all because you make it so damn hard to make oh, it. Right? And he had a and he had a valid, valid point, right? And I had to get that gentleman on the phone. <laughs> that I am. And I wanted to hear viscerally about his donor experience mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. I can go to my Marcom counterparts and say, listen. Not as if I hadn't been saying, you know, ooh, we need to streamline and make this a little bit more visually appealing and simpler and all of these things. It's like, nah, 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 nah. look, this is what somebody (laughs) else said about it. So if that's not compelling enough, let's get off the dime and fix this, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I always always say it like this, and this is the thing that always – kind of gets that light bulb moment, right? The point of giving a gift is the last point in the entire interaction with your donor. At that point, do you want to be relational or transactional? Right. Because that like giving is inherently an emotional action. Oh, yeah. So there is the the strongest emotional connection between your organization and your donor happens at that point where they put their credit card in and give a gift or write a check and send it in. Right. Do you want, do you want to leave them feeling like they're a transaction or they're in a relationship with you when they're most emotionally connected? That's how I look at the giving experience. Oh yeah. It's donor stewardship at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, David, I am so excited to tell the good people listening about this toolkit. So, good people listening, Fundraise did a thing, and if you have not seen it, you can count on your girl to share it with you. I'm going to hook you up, make it easy, right? Fundraise published a Giving Tuesday toolkit, and when I tell you, it is everything. David, I would love for you to take some time here, take, you know, some a moment or two or tell the good people listening about this toolkit and what's in it. I would love to. Thanks for bringing it up. Happy to be able to share this with you and the, the good people listening. If I, <laughs> if I get to use your words. Yes. So I'm going to start by saying Giving Tuesday is scary for a lot of organizations. 
it is the Black Friday of fundraising, right? (laughs) If you're a mom and pop organization, how do you compete with Best Buy or Amazon on Black Friday? The answer is you don't, but you do have to be present. So what our Giving Tuesday Toolkit is, is really a step-by-step guide with templates, calendars, everything you need as an organization, big or small, to crush Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday is an awesome time for you to focus on the donors you have. The biggest aversion I hear to Giving Tuesday is, I can't afford to play with the big guns, so I'm not even going to try. Well, that's true in a donor acquisition mindset. Unless you have millions of dollars to spend on digital advertising and other forms of advertising and acquisition, you're going to get lost in the churn on Giving Tuesday. So I say don't focus your efforts there. Focus on those donors who've already said they're invested in you. Because I guarantee you those donors are thinking and preparing to give on Giving Tuesday. So what's your responsibility as an organization with your donors? It's to be top of mind. That can be daunting because there's so many things you can do. It's that like fear paralysis by analysis, fear of getting started. So that's what we did. We put this giving toolkit together to say whether this is your first Giving Tuesday or you've been doing Giving Tuesday since it started, here's what you need to know. Here's a step-by-step, day-by-day calendar guide. We've even taken it all the way down to the level of we've got pre-written emails and templates and creative for any organization to take, download, copy and paste, and just plug in and tweak it a little. I always say authenticity is king when you're doing donor relationships and donor communications, but we've given everything that we can as fundraisers to go, here's your here's your check by check, step by step, everything built way to succeed this Giving Tuesday. Yes, there is some incredible templates, resources in there, text messages. If you're integrate a SMS strategy or campaign as, as part of your digital strategy, there's email. What am I missing here? Social media. Social. There's even a press release if, yes. if you go that route. Like I tell you, Kia, when we first came up with this idea to do this toolkit, I challenged my team. I was like, hey, let's just let's put together as much content as we possibly can. And I'm here I'm thinking like we'll get four or five pages worth of things to go out. It'll be a great primer, get people started for Giving Tuesday. They came back with a 50-page, just laundry list, powerhouse document. And I said, where was this when I was a fundraiser? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you telling? And it's really great content. And like David said, good people listening, authenticity is king. You And that unity in voice is important, but Fundraise has provided such a wonderful launch pad in this toolkit. And as I shared, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to share the link to the toolkit in the show notes. So you'll want to go there and grab it. So, David, in addition to the Giving Tuesday toolkit, are there any other resources that you care to share that fundraise is offering fundraisers like myself to lighten the load, not just for Giving Tuesday, but as I say, any given Sunday, you know, any given day of the week? I mean, the answer is we don't stop producing content 
that should be our evaluation for every piece that we do is how does this help a fundraiser succeed? How does this save a fundraiser a minute? How does this help a fundraiser raise an extra dollar? So we've got the Giving Tuesday toolkit. That's great. That'll get you ramped and set up for Giving Tuesday. But there's so much fundraising that happens after Giving Tuesday. Um, you know, I saw a stat. I don't know that it's ac- how accurate it is, but only about 1% of annual giving happens on Giving Tuesday. Again, hypercritical that you're you're there and present, but most organizations I've worked with and that I know will raise between 30 and 75% of their annual revenue between Giving Tuesday and the end of the year. So we've got the Giving Tuesday toolkit, but we've got more toolkits coming. And on our website now, that'll be, you know, year-end fund, very, like same idea as Giving Tuesday, but your year-end fundraising guide. We've got a winter calendar that we're we're refreshing this year. So that'll have all of the, you know, tips and tricks to run events or for holidays or for year-end fundraising, a calendar to plan for like key dates in the winter season to fundraise around or to communicate with donors. And then our team is fortunate often to have the opportunity to to speak at events or to go to conferences. And so we'll often do, you know, conference recaps or share our session from an event because we know that going to events is a luxury that not a lot of fundraisers get to have. So we try to bring that and just make it available. Gosh, Kia, we have hundreds of hours worth of content, written video on our website that is just totally available to anyone who wants to come. And there's toolkits to download, there's resources to download, there's guides to download, there's articles to read, there's videos to watch. So I would say, you know, next steps, just keep an eye out. Soon we're publishing our year-end fundraising guide, our winter calendar. Those are the next two big ones I would watch for. But we've got just about something for just about everyone on our website, big, small, where whether you're thinking, you know, how do I fundraise tomorrow to be alive for Wednesday? Or how do I fundraise this quarter to set up my next year? Or I've already got my fundraising plan for this quarter. I'm set. I need to start budget planning for 23, right? We've got resources for all of those fundraisers, all of those stages of leaders. This is so rich. Yes. So good people listening. I'll be hanging out with fundraise and I encourage (laughs) you to look and take advantage of some of these resources and look at how this platform can help to streamline and just amplify the incredible work that your organization is doing. And Kia, if you don't mind me adding one more thing on top of that. Absolutely. I would be foolish as a person who works at Fundraise to to not bring up the fact that I think Fundraise is a tool built for fundraisers to succeed. We have a totally free version of our platform that gives you some of our best tools completely free for life. Um, it's not one of those freemium models where uh, you get it for a week and then I try to upsell you. It's free. It's built for fundraisers to be able to raise funds and, and accelerate their growth simply because we knew organizations lacked access to good tools. So we said, forget that. We're going to make our good tools accessible. Obviously, I'm a little biased. I think our tools are some of the best on the market. But I will say this with total confidence. We have the best free tool on the market for any fundraiser who needs to raise money online. Hey, say it with your chest. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. How do folks access if they want to test drive and engage with that free version of the platform, how do they access that? And is it a resource that I can share in the show notes? So super simple. 
if you're on our site, any page on our site, there's a button that says start for free at the top of the site. All you got to do is click that button and fill out. There's like five fields, 10 fields, name, contact information, and your organization's name. Once you fill all that out, your access is live. You can start implementing. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. That is a welcome addition. So, David, we have arrived to the portion of the show that I affectionately refer to as For the Culture, where we Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about hip hop and rap. And the reason we do this is as an ode or to pay homage to Black culture, because while hip hop and rap are pretty mainstream now, I remember a time when it wasn't, and it wasn't that long ago, Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of anti-Blackness around this genre. So, David, I know you're a West Coaster like myself, Mm -hmm. and just a little interesting fact about me, good people listening, although I represent the West, I'm a Cali girl. My rap music palette is pretty diverse, okay? Because I used to watch Rap City. I used to watch Yo MTV Raps back in the day. You know, I was following Fab uh, Freddy or Fab Five Fred. Lord, forgive me if I've said this brother's name wrong. <laughs> y'all know who I'm talking about. I could see him right now, right in my head. I could see him. So my palette is diverse, and I can go from Queens. Where, you know, my boy Nas, Uncle L, Mob Deep, I can go on down to the dirty, dirty South and get into some ghetto boys, some T.I., some Yo Gotti. I can head on to the Midwest and get in Nelly and Bone Thugs and Harmony because a lot of people thought they were from Cali, but they were not. Um, And of course... Down to Cali. I mean, Dr. Dre, I don't even think I need to say any more about that. So no pressure, David, but I want to know, who is your all-time favorite rapper, hip-hop artist, and I'll even throw in their group, if you got, if it's a group, I need to know who who they are and why. All right. So you may or may not have heard of him. He's out of Atlanta, Georgia. His name is Lecrae. I don't know if you know the name or if you've heard his stuff. I highly recommend it. You know who Lecrae is? Lecrae is a gospel rap artist. He is. And so, fun fact about me, Christian school kid, I went to a private Christian college. I had the luxury of doing that. But I worked in our fitness center. And the only rule we had in our fitness center was, you know, the music cannot have a swear word in it. <laughs> that challenged us workers it, it it very limited the stations we could listen to that weren't you know just full-on gospel music right right so i was exposed to lecrae early on in my college years and i just love his music lecrae is dope. he is one of the best rappers best lyricists i have ever seen like his his lyrics are just phenomenal but his music is fantastic. And then I obviously I resonate deeply with his message. I followed his journey for nearly a decade now, the ups and downs of, of being a man of faith and particularly an outsider in, in an insider's faith. And so I just, I have so much respect for him. I think his music is phenomenal. I will always like on those days where I just have to get stuff done, I'll put on a Lecrae station still. 
and just listen to listen to that and listen to listen to the people who follow him. But fun fact, I was introduced. So Lecrae is my favorite hip hop rap artist. Uh, but my favorite all time rap song is by an artist named Manifest. Very, very, very obscure name. Man- artist. He's out of Canada. I call him the 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 Christian Eminem. Hey. But he's got this song called Impossible. I found it in college. I was a college athlete and I needed something to pump me up. And that's one of those songs like I like I look at it on the same ra- same page as Eminem's Lose Yourself. Yeah. You just can't not listen to it and feel like you can run through a wall. So <laughs> No, I love that. And Lecrae is dope. And two things I want to share about Lecrae. Lecrae has an incredible testimony. Mm-hmm. of having gone to prison, being a, I don't like to use this word, I don't know what the politically correct term is, we would call them ex-offenders, right? Mm-hmm. The brother has an incredible testimony, his wordplay and how he's able to do what he does to glorify the king because the good people listening, while you don't have to be a born-again believer, you know that I am, you know, I talk a lot about my faith and Lecrae is definitely somebody that's in my Rolodex because a sister can go from the trap to the church. You know, on a given day, I can go from Hezekiah Walker to Jeezy, right, on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So my Spotify end of the year algorithms may be like, OK, sister, you was listening to young Jeezy. And T.I., but you also had going up yonder and there in the Clark sisters. So my algorithms just go crazy. I be making Spotify work overtime. Okay. But Lecrae has an incredible testimony. I love the brother. And one of my favorite artists is PJ Morton. And they have a song together that I absolutely love because we know those of you that know brother PJ Martin you know, Bishop Paul Morton's son, you know, that brother, his music, I mean, he's just such a crazy musician and artist. But anyway, I just had to share that. So no, that is a welcomed addition to the Black Fundraisers podcast. And you know what? This is a first, David. I never had a conversation about gospel, hip hop and rap on here. So this is definitely a first and I'm here for it. All right. Well, I'm glad I brought a little something fresh to the to the mix then. Yes, he the Lord is glorified right now. Well, I want to thank you so, so much for stopping by the Black Fundraisers podcast. You've dropped some gems. You've dropped some resources that the good people listening can really leverage to set themselves up for a successful Giving Tuesday multi-channel campaign and i want to thank you for that i'm so happy to be here kia it was great to to get to join you and i'm looking forward to many future conversations and getting to know you much better absolutely and we appreciate me and the good people listening your support and your allyship that's what i'm here for All right. And good people listening, we are going to keep the party going, continuing this series to get you all set up for not just Giving Tuesday, 
but to end your year, right, with a banging end of year giving strategy. So until next time, good people, stay tuned, stay down and keep your head up. Thanks for listening to the Black Fundraisers podcast. Like what you're hearing. Subscribe to the Black Fundraisers podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave a five-star review. Connect with Kia on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter to stay connected.